a well-behaved spacecraft, a Mars Perseverance update. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Matt Wallace, Mars 2020 Perseverance Deputy Project Manager at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Welcome back, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, thank you for taking time out uh, on on such a busy busy week. For, first, let me congratulate you. Uh, I should say, in fact, your entire Mars 2020 team for the project's remarkable success so far. Everyone here in the studio uh, watched the descent and the landing, and we cheered right along with you. <laughs> thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate that. There's thousands of people here that contributed just to JPL, all the NASA centers. We're part of this team, you know, uh, over a thousand different industry partners, people, you know, and uh, and contributing organizations around the world. So it's huge team effort, and uh, we're all super, we're all super pleased and proud. We know you're living on Mars time, so we'll get right into it. How is everything going with the mission so far? It's going very well, you know, I knock on wood every time I say that, um, but it's, it's gone extremely well. You know, we had a great landing uh, kind of right down the middle. There's always a, a little thing here and there that has to get run down, but the system performed just beautifully. And, uh, you know, we landed in a super interesting spot. Uh, and, and the first, you know, couple weeks uh, on Mars uh, have, have so far been terrific. You know, we got through our initial commissioning. Um, the spacecraft is stable. Uh, everything is nominal. It likes being on Mars, clearly. It likes being at Desert Road Crater. That's what it's designed for. And so uh, it couldn't, couldn't be going any better. What are some of the milestones for Perseverance scheduled over the next weeks? Well, we have a couple uh, uh, big ones that we've already knocked off. Um, you know, we've, we've managed to... Uh, Get, get some of the first sounds recorded on the surface of Mars, which is pretty cool. Um, we transitioned uh, into our surface flight software, which is a big deal for us. That's where we have all the capability we need to do the surface mission. We've checked out all the instruments and all the engineering systems. They all look good so far. That's great. And the next uh, couple of days, we're gonna be deploying out the robot arm in front of us. And we'll be looking back at ourselves with the camera on the end of the arm to kind of look underneath the vehicle, make sure everything looks fine there. Um, and we'll be prepping for our first drive, actually. We're gonna check out our mobility system this week uh, and, uh, you know, and, and move on from there. Um, we'll be uh, trying to get ready uh, really in the next uh, few weeks to start preparing for helicopter operations. The Ingenuity helicopter is uh, safe and sound in, uh, underneath the uh, belly of the vehicle. And so we seem to have landed in a spot that might be pretty conducive to actually flying the helicopter. Uh, we weren't sure about that. We thought we might have to drive a bit. So uh, that's good news. Uh, that's all coming up uh, as well as some of our first, uh, you know, sampling in the summer kind of thing. So. Speaking of ingenuity, what steps will it need to perform to get it into the Martian air? Uh, ingenuity, well, ingenuity will start off slow. You know, we're, first of all, we got to get, get it deployed off the vehicle. And, and that's a intricately timed choreographed little dance between the two systems. Uh, we have to deploy the cover that's been protecting it um, as we landed first. Then we'll have to drive away from that cover uh, and uh, we will have to 
um, drop the Ingenuity helicopter down, so rotate it down so it's kind of legs down. And then when we're, we're sure everything is ready to go, we'll cut what we call the umbilicals, essentially our, our interface, cable interface to it, and we'll drop the vehicle down underneath, um, underneath the rover. Now at that point, the rover is actually shadowing um, the solar arrays on Ingenuity, and Ingenuity is no longer getting power from, from the rover. And so it's a it's pretty quick turnaround. We've got to drive pretty quickly so that we can get, get it out of the shadow. Um, so that all has to happen first. And then, um, then, then the helicopter uh, will do some engineering checkouts, spin some blades, that sort of thing, and, uh, and start on its roughly five flights of technology demonstration over the, which should take place over the course of about 30 days or SALs as we call them on Mars. Um, and we'll start with small flights just up and down and then a little bit more and then a little, you know, and so on and so forth and hopefully get it to a point where it can fly about 50 meters out and back. You also mentioned the sounds. Tell us how those are captured and, and what you heard exactly. Well, we decided um, many years ago to add some commercial ruggedized cameras. These are the kinds of cameras that would be used in industrial applications or you know sports cameras, those sorts of things. And when we added those, those cameras around the vehicle to capture that landing video, which hopefully a lot of people saw because it was spectacular, um, we had an interface for audio, you know, and, uh, and we said, hey, let's, let's plug in a microphone and see what happens. You know, we never, we never captured audio from, from Mars before. And um, when we got to the surface, um, we, uh, we ran the, the audio uh, for, for just a short period of time, about 60 seconds. And uh, sure enough, you know, <laughs> we captured a wind gust. And, uh, and so it was, it was pretty dramatic listening to the first sound, you know, from Mars. And we could also hear the hum of our pump on the vehicle. We have a pump that circulates fluid. And so, um, so that's what we, you know, that's the, that was the first application sound. And, and we're gonna keep using that microphone, uh, assuming it survives, you know, long enough. It's just a commercial microphone you can buy, you know, anywhere on the, on the, on the net. And uh, it's been doing well so far. So we're hoping to keep using it for when we drive and when we drill and do other things. And the public can listen to the Martian Wind uh, via the project's website, right? That's right. That audio file is is out there. I, I encourage everybody to uh, put put some uh, you know uh, some earphones in, on and uh, or get into a, a quiet room with some with a good audio. <laughs> a good woofer is is helpful and uh, and listen. It's it's really pretty dramatic. It really is. Uh, and you know we've gotten a lot of feedback from from people that are uh, actually visually impaired. You know, people that have said, I've never been able to experience the, you know, uh, exploration of Mars the way other people have. And this is the first, this is the first time I really kind of feel like I'm part of this. And uh, that, that's obviously very gratifying. Perseverance is one more in a long line of Mars rover projects that you've worked on. And so far, they've all been a huge successes. What's it like to work on projects that take years to bear fruit in a world where so many people's horizons extend just to maybe the end of a quarter? What kind of patience does that take? 
<laughs> it it takes it takes um, it takes a different mindset, you know, to to really be working towards a goal for for such a long period of time. Um, you know, people ask me how I feel, and and about launch or or, or landing or whatever, and, and I find one of the best analogies, and, and not doesn't relate to everybody, but one of the best analogies I I can give people. Was it's like being a parent, you know. You you start with you start with just this little thing, idea, concept, or whatever, and it starts to develop and it starts to grow, and you start to realize you have to teach it things and you have to help it understand. You have to prepare it for the world, and then you know suddenly it's time to launch it, and it's like watching your kid graduate from high school. You know, you know there's great things out there for them. And you hope you've done everything you possibly could do to prepare them, but it's hard. It's hard to kind of let it go at that point. At the same time, you know, uh, you, you know when you land and and uh, and you start the surface operations and and all that great science and technology, you're just so proud. You know, it's uh, and so I, that may be one way to relate it to for for some people. Uh, for me, that's about as close as I've gotten so far in describing it. Have there been any surprises or anything unexpected so far? There have been, um, you know, a few things uh, here and here and there. Um, uh, surprisingly, very little. I mean, the systems are so complex. I will tell you that, um, you know, there's always something that surprises you. In fact, there's usually a lot of things. Um, but the systems are designed to be robust when you do get surprised. And, and sure enough. You know, um, that that's been true on, on perseverance, but really it's been a very, uh, a very clean run. You know, I think as we go on and we check out more systems, we'll, uh, you know, more things will pop up. But for instance, we were, I mentioned our software transition, you know, um, we're finding uh, that there was a small idiosyncrasy with, with, with that surface transition where we got a, you know, we got a warning that we didn't expect it. the system was fine with it. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. It didn't have to take any action. It was it was just something to notify us, hey, this happened. And, um, you know, so little things like that so far. But honestly, uh, beyond that, um, uh, there's it's just been remarkably uh, clean. It's been really a well-behaved spacecraft, exceptionally well-behaved, probably the best I've ever worked on so far, knock on wood. <laughs> There you go. Congratulations again, Matt. The world sends best wishes to the entire team and to the two newest residents of the Red Planet. If somebody wants to connect with you, Matt, what's the best way they can do that? Well, it's easy to find our websites. You know, um, they're they're uh, they're all over, um, and so uh, you just have to Google, uh, you know, Mars twenty twenty perseverance JPL. And uh, we'll take you right there. And there's a lot of great vir virtual experiences for people, you know, photo booths and things like that, where you can take a picture of yourself next to the rover or on Mars. Uh, we've been getting, you can, you can sign up to put your name on the next Mars mission, you know, that's going to go and collect some of these samples we're going to get. Uh, so there's, there's all kinds of great stuff uh, for people to, uh, to see out there. And, and that's what I would recommend they go and do. And, and look at these remarkable pictures and videos that have come back um, from the system. It's just, I mean, I go myself every day to go and look and just gawk with my mouth open. I mean, it's, 
it's stunning. It really, really is. And so uh, uh, I hope people will, will go and, and take a look around the websites. Well, absolutely. Thanks again, Matt. So exciting. And uh, we'll be in touch soon with some more updates. Okay. Thank you very much. Absolutely. That was Matt Wallace, Mars 2020 Perseverance Deputy Project Manager at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And I'm Tanya Hall, and you can find more of my interviews right here, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at TanyaHall.net. Thanks for watching.